right, good morning. If you don't mind, I'll just take a seat. <laughs> so I want to introduce you to these uh, wonderful young adults who are going to be with us during the month of January. This is the ACE team, and uh, they were uh, booked a long time ago, but it's actually worked out perfectly that they're here now, because as you can see, they carried out my chair. Um, I'm going to try and get some of those poles put in so they can actually just carry me out in the chair um, every week. I think that'll work well. So, uh, but this group of young adults, they, uh, they're all graduates of high school, and they've taken one year out of their lives before going on to, to college or whatever God has in store for them in the future. And they've decided to take a year and serve God by learning about ministry and working with different churches. They've finished their training phase. And we are the first location that they get to come to. So for January, they'll be working with us here at Connect, working with the kids, the youth. Uh, they'll be blessed in Connect in what they're able to do. But in the meantime, hopefully we as a church will bless them. They'll learn some ministry skills and uh, learn some things about what it's like to be in church uh, or to work for a church, I should say. So um, we're going to meet these guys. So I'm going to ask them in a second to go down the line and you're going to tell us your name, your age, uh, where you're from, and your favorite book of the Bible, and why it's really... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I told him I was just going to do name, age, and where you're from, so I wanted to just scare them there for a second. So yeah, name, age, and where you're from. Well, I'm Josh. I'm 19, and I'm just from Peoria. <laughs> I'm Sydney. I'm 19, and I'm from Elmwood. I'm Natalie. I'm 19, and I'm from Morton. I'm Abijah Lowe. I'm 25, and I'm from Peoria. I'm Malachi, I'm 19, uh, and I'm from Peoria, Illinois, and my favorite book of the Bible is the book of Malachi. <laughs> Very nice, Malachi, I like it. So uh, please say hi to these guys if you see them during the month. Uh, we're really looking forward to them being here. Thank them uh, for coming and being a part of Connect. And uh, you guys are dismissed, but I need one of you to grab a music stand from backstage and bring it out for me, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. All right, yes, welcome, Ace Teams. So, um, good morning. Welcome to Connect. As Andy said, we are kicking off a brand new series. And um, I, I, thank you very much. It's a strange thing, you know, because obviously with it being um, a new year, I wanted to start a new series that would kind of get us started here in the new year. And um, we're seven days into the new year already. This is the first Sunday of 2018, but we're already seven days in. So I was going to talk about resolutions, but like Justin said earlier, the reality is that maybe by now 67% of you have already ditched your New Year's resolutions. But for those who haven't, for those who are sticking in there, uh, hopefully this series, Transform, will kind of help you uh, transform your lives in many different ways. Uh, resolutions are a good thing, okay? New Year is a good time of our lives because it kind of causes us to, to look back at the past look ahead to the future, uh, maybe take check of our lives, uh, maybe look at some areas of our lives we'd like to see change or uh, be different. Maybe some of you have said, you're like Andy, you know, I think I want to lose a few pounds this year. Uh, maybe, excuse me, maybe your resolution this year is you're going to go to bed earlier. Uh, maybe it's to get up um, earlier. Maybe it's to eat well. Maybe it's to get fit. Uh, maybe your resolution is to uh, this year determine that you are not going to jump into a body of water until you know for sure how deep it is. That could be a good resolution uh, to have for 2018. Maybe it's to break less bones. That's my resolution for this year. But uh, the reality is resolutions can be hard to keep, can't they? Sorry, this microphone is uh, kind of twisted, so I'm going to try and really bend it around my ear here. We'll see how that goes. I'll be fiddling with this a lot, I'm sure. Um, Whatever, oh, look, it's just happened again. Give me a second. <laughs> we have a uh, 
guest speaker last week, and I'm thinking that his ears are a different shape than my ears, apparently. His ears are normal, mine aren't. So when it comes to resolutions, I just I think that one of the, um, the greatest things that we, if you're here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, that one of the greatest things we have is that we can, um, this doesn't have to just be something that we're like, I'm going to try really hard, I'm determined to make a difference. We can actually say, God, I want you to help me make a difference in my life. And God wants to help make a difference in your life. Because whether you realize it or not, God has a wonderful plan for your life. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe God has got a plan for every one of our lives. And I actually believe that God's plan for your life is unique because I think he created you unique. I think every one of us, there's evidence in us right now that we are unique. Your fingerprint sets you apart from everyone else in the world. Phone companies are developing more and more ways to to find out what's unique about you, your voice print, your face print, whatever it is, uh, to unlock your phones. These are ways to just remind us that we are completely unique. God created you in a specific way for a specific person, purpose. You see, I don't believe that God made clones. I think God didn't make us to to conform to the patterns of of everything around us, but God gave us um, this, this plan to be unique. I think when God looks down on us, he says, I want you to be a one of a kind, not conforms to anyone else kind of person. So we're actually going to do something here this morning just to kind of wake you up a little bit. We're going to take the non-conformist oath together, okay, just to kind of kick off 2018 to show that we are not going to conform. So, so you are going to repeat after me. This is the oath of non-conformity. So uh, repeat after me. I promise to be different. Good job. I promise not to repeat things other people say. (laughs) See, it's so easy, isn't it? Suddenly, you know, everyone's doing it, and we kind of creep into it, and before we know it, we're conforming. It's tough, isn't it, not to conform? You see, the reality is we have these intentions of wanting to be different and resolutions and, and to stand apart, but before we know it, we get influenced by the world in which we live, and we find ourselves conforming maybe to something that we wish we didn't. Because conformity is something that happens so easily. And maybe some of you studied this when you were in high school or college. Maybe you did a psychology class. But if you haven't, I want to show you a quick video clip that can show the, um, just the, the power of conformity. Check out this. Stop. Pay attention. Take a look at this crowded waiting room. These people may appear to be waiting for the eye doctor, but they're actually waiting for the first test subject in our hidden camera experiment. And here she is, right on time for her 12 o'clock appointment. Hi, how are you doing? This woman thinks she's here for a free eye exam. Have you been here before? No, it's my first time. What she doesn't know is that everyone else in this room is working for us. They'll be with you in just a couple minutes. Today we're running an experiment on social conformity, and the test starts now. Did you hear that? These people sure did. It doesn't take long for our test subject to notice a pattern. Beep means stand up. But why? And if you were in her shoes, what would you do the next time the tone sounds? While you might think you make your decisions all on your own, when it comes to peer pressure, All too often, your brain is just following the crowd. 
after just three beeps and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away? Elaine, please. Okay, now she's alone. The crowd is gone and nobody is watching her except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? When I saw everybody stand up, I felt like I needed to join them. Otherwise, I'm like excluded. Once I decided to go with it, then I felt much more comfortable. Isn't that crazy? So I actually cut that video in half. There's a second half to the video where she's the only one left in the waiting room, and then they bring more people in who are also unaware of the experiment and they start to do what she does. They don't know why either, and it's crazy. But here's the thing, we have these resolutions, we have these um, desires to want to transform our lives and to be different, but the challenge is we live in a world where it's very easy to be influenced by others. We can say, man, maybe your resolution this year was to, to eat healthier. And that's great. And then you, you, you've got these resolutions. Then you show up for that first day at work and your colleagues are like, hey, today we're all going to lunch at Taco Bell. Who wants to come? And you're like, well, I'm, I'm eating healthier, so I'll, I'll pass. And, and you're proud of yourself because you do it. But then Tuesday, it's, it's Jackie's birthday and she brings in cakes for everyone. You're like, ah. And before you know it, this, this influence, this pressure. And if it were just health, that would be one thing. But what about our spiritual lives? What about our moral compass? What about those decisions we make in our lives that say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want, to, I want to do the right thing. I want to be the best husband, the best wife, the best parent I can be. But then we find ourselves in a world that sometimes attitudes and behaviors of those that are around us that maybe don't have the same standards, don't have the same values. And like the lady in the video, before we know it, we find ourselves starting to fall into line with the behaviors of those around us. There's actually a guy who wrote a large part of the Bible. He wrote a huge part of the New Testament. His name was Paul. And he talks about this very subject. And actually, the verse I'm going to read this morning uh, is a verse he was writing to a church in Rome. And uh, this is going to kind of be the coat hanger for this series. As we look through different areas of, of transforming our lives, this is the verse that we're going to really kind of pin everything on. And it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul's writing to these, these, these church, this church here, but he's writing to us this morning as well when he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, Paul, if you notice this, he doesn't give this as like, there's, there's several options out there. There's the middle ground. There's this. He says, no, you, there's two choices for him. You're either going to conform to the patterns of this world, or you can transform your mind. So if you're here this morning, you've set some resolutions. If there's a part of you that says, I want to live a life where I see things transformed, where I see change take place, how does that happen? Because I know this, when I, when I say to God, my life to transform who I am, 
I want you to transform my life. I see in my life, it leads me to becoming a better friend, a better dad, a better husband, a better leader. So I like the idea of transformation, but how does that happen? You see, I think the danger is for many of us here this morning, we think, well, well, I want to transform, so I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to really determine myself to try harder. And, and that's great, but the reality is, if that worked all the time, we'd never need to make resolutions, would we? Because we'd be getting better all the time. The reason we make resolutions is because last year we made the determination to try harder, and now we're looking this year in the mirror thinking, all right, this year I'm definitely going to try harder. So maybe it's a case of, of saying, God, I need your help in this area of my life. Because as we kick off 2018, wherever you find yourself this morning, whether it's a, a resolution in your, um, your physical life, your spiritual life, your relational life, I want you all to think about this as we go through this series. When it comes to conforming or transforming, the further you get away from God, the more you will conform. The further you get away from God, the more you will conform. The closer you get to God, the more your life will transform. Just think about that for a second here this morning. The further you get away from God, the more you will conform. The closer you get to God, the more your life will transform. I believe that's true. And if you're here this morning and you believe there's some truth in that, then I hope and pray that maybe your resolution for 2018, it might be health, all these kind of things, but above that, maybe now your resolution becomes, God, I want to know what it looks like to get closer to you. Because if I can get closer to you, that'll transform every area of my life. So I hope and pray as we go through this series and we focus in on this word, transform, as we think about what Paul said, where we're either going to conform to the patterns of this world or transform, that you'll make that choice to transform. You'll make that choice, say, God, I want to do what it takes to get closer to you. Because I understand that the further I get away from you, the more chance there is I'm going to conform. The closer I get to you, the more chance there is that I'm going to see my life transformed. Now, the truth is, I would imagine that just the fact that you're here this morning says that there's something in you that would like to get closer to God. If that wasn't true, you wouldn't be here. You'd be sleeping in. You'd be enjoying the, the, the warmth. I mean, you came out and said, no, I want to go to church this morning. So unless you were dragged here this morning, and some of you may have been, but unless you were dragged here this morning, the reason you're here is because there's a part of you that says, I do want to get closer to God. I want to know what it looks like in my life to get closer to God. The, 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 the challenge is, the challenge is that I feel like even though every one of us might say here this morning, no, I want to get closer to God, that left to our own devices, we kind of, we'll do the opposite if we don't, if we're not intentional about it. There's actually a prophet uh, by the name of Isaiah. He lived um, thousands of years ago and he wrote this great verse. I love this verse. It's in Isaiah 53 verse 6. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. He kind of likens us to sheep. He says, hey, we're all like sheep. We've all gone astray. We've all turned to our own way. He kind of, he explains that we're like sheep that kind of just wander. I heard a pastor speaking once, and he was talking about um, a time when he was younger, and he went to this youth camp, and it was kind of out in the country, and uh, he was just in the field one day looking out, and there was just this big flock of sheep. Is it a flock? Herd? What, what are sheep? 
Lots of sheep. There was lots of sheep in a field nearby and um, <laughs> a gaggle of sheep. I know it's not there. Um, he said, as he was watching this big group of sheep, there was um, this one sheep had kind of started to eat. Maybe there was some food or something, but there was a red bucket on the ground. And as it lifted its head up, he said, I kid you not, I was watching this play out. As this sheep lifts its head up, it's stuck in the bucket. He says at first it was kind of comical. You know, you could see the sheep kind of shaking its head a little bit to try and get this bucket off, and everything looked fine. You know, it was like kind of comical. But he said, as I watched, I could see the sheep was becoming more and more agitated and worried. And it was like kind of freaking out a bit now, and this shaking its head and moving from side to side. The bucket won't come off. And now it's panicking. So now he said, I'm, I'm standing here. I'm watching this happen. This sheep just takes off running. Now, bear in mind, this is the only sheep being affected by this particular incident. But as it starts to run, a hundred other sheep run with it, panicked. They're like, just, they start chasing after it. So the one with the bucket, it runs into a fence. It runs into the side of the barn. It just can't get this. He says, and I'm watching other sheep run into fences, run into barns. And just because, because sheep are dumb. I apologize to you sheep lovers this morning, but, but sheep are stupid. They just kind of, you know, they, they follow one another. And I think that's what Isaiah was talking about. He's saying, hey, you know what? Sometimes we're like those sheep. We have this tendency to wander away. And not just that. If one wanders, we all wander. People have gone astray. And that's where the problem starts. Because the further you get away from God, the more you will conform. The closer you get to God, the more you will transform. So as we kind of kick off this series, and every week we're going to look at a specific element of our lives. We're going to talk about our minds and our marriages and our, um, even our physical states. And kick off this morning. I want to just challenge all of you because the key to all of this, I hope you'll join us for this whole series. I think you'll find it really helpful at looking at ways to transform your life. But the key to the whole series, if nothing else, is if you'll make a commitment to draw closer to God, if you'll make a commitment in 2018 to say, God, over and above all my other resolutions, I want to get closer to you this year than I was last year. If you'll make that commitment, I believe you'll start to see transformation take place. Because the further you get away from God, the more you will conform. The closer you get to God, the more you'll transform. So I hope that you'll make it a goal, a resolution, a commitment in 2018 to say, God, I want to get closer to you. So how can we get closer to God? Well, let me just throw out this, these, uh, these, these quick kind of bullet points. There was a book um, I read last year, maybe a couple of years ago. It's called Finding Your Way Back to God. We actually did a series on it. Um, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, because it was talking all about um, just how many of us are on this journey. Some of us grew up to church, but grown to church, but many of us didn't. Many of us, we're here at Connect this morning because we're on this journey, maybe trying to find our way back to God. And the truth is, God wants you to find your way back to him. He loves you so much. He wants to be in relationship with you. So this book talks about a parable that Jesus spoke about, about the prodigal son or the lost son who, who turned his back on the father and went away and then realized the error of his ways and came back and the father forgave him. And that's kind of like us in our relationship with God. Some of us have come to that place in our lives where we've realized, I want to be back in relationship with the father. I want to get closer to God. And in this book, it talks about, it calls them the five awakenings. It's like these stages that, that we all um, go through in finding our way back to God, in drawing closer to God. 
So if you get a chance, you could write these down this morning or you could just try and remember them. But these are five kind of stages. And I hope and pray that as I kind of just run through these really quickly, you might find yourself in one of these places. And it'll show you the journey. It'll show you the, the, the next step that maybe you need to take in 2018 as you draw closer to God. The first awakening he talks about is this idea. It's an awakening to longing. This idea that there's got to be more. The second one is this idea of an awakening to regret. I want to start over. And maybe one of these two has brought you to connect this morning. Maybe one of these two thoughts has brought you to connect in the last year. Maybe there was a part of you that thought, there's got to be more to this life. Maybe there's some stuff that went on in your past and you're like, I want to change. I, I regret what happened there. I don't want what happened in 2017 to happen in 2018. You know, I'm going to be honest with you here this morning. God loves you just the way you are. Wherever you find yourself here this morning, God loves you just the way you are. But you know what? He loves you too much to let you stay that way. He loves you too much to let you stay that way. If you're here this morning thinking, there's got to be more, it's because God's put this kind of hunger inside of you, this, this discontentment. And the truth is, some of us made resolutions this year to lose some weight, and some of us didn't. Now, I'd like to say that the reason some of us didn't is because we're all in, the ones who didn't are in great shape. But some of them, they just look in the mirror and they're like, hey, looks good to me. <laughs> the ones who made the commitment to lose the weight are the ones who looked in the mirror and thought, I don't know there's that point of like, I'd like to see a different reflection looking back. And they're the ones, you know, until there's that discontentment, until there's that point of like, I don't like what I see in the mirror, I want to change. You're not going to make the resolution. And maybe some of you, as you've pursued you know, the, the American dream and a life of happiness and you've got a family and great job, great house, but you're just, there's something inside of you saying there's got to be more. And that's why you find yourself here this morning. That's kind of moving you closer to God. Maybe some regrets of some things that have happened in your life in the past. But either way, I feel like both of these awakenings will lead to the third one, which is the idea of an awakening to help. Coming to that place and saying, I can't do this on my own. There's a, a psalm in the Old Testament. The psalmist, he writes this. He says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God wants to help you this morning. But he can only help you draw closer to him if you're willing to admit that you need the help. That's hard for some of us, isn't it, to say I need some help. So here at Connect, we're trying to make it a little bit easier. We're, we're creating things like Alpha. Alpha would be a great opportunity to help you get closer to God. We, we create these opportunities to serve and small groups because we know that on a Sunday, it can be great to come in and hear um, the Bible taught about, to be amongst other people and to be singing and worshiping. But really, um, unless you're in an environment where you can kind of talk about things, maybe this isn't the place to grow the most. Maybe it's making a commitment this year to get together with someone like-minded, someone who's also trying to draw closer to God. Maybe you'll meet for coffee once a week or meet for a drink, whatever it is, but you'll just kind of make that commitment to get together, to hold one another accountable and say, hey, I want to get closer to God this year. Because when you're willing, it'll take you to awakening number four. Awakening number four is that idea that God loves me deeply after all. I want every one of you to come to that place in 2018. I want you to come to that place of realizing that God loves you so much. Because that will transform your lives. You shouldn't love us. We can say, well, Dave, he may love you, but if you knew what I've done, if you knew what I think about, if you knew this, that, and the other, and 
But God loves you so deeply. And love has a very transforming effect upon our lives. When we fully understand how much God loves us, it transforms our lives. Several years ago, Casey and I uh, lived here in town, and we came home from a trip, and we found out that we had a fire in our house. Um, it didn't destroy the house, but it destroyed everything in the house. It was just a, a crazy time in our lives. We had to move out of the house for about two months and live in a hotel while they fixed up all the house. And um, just, you know, it, it's amazing because now anytime, you know, when the, the fire happened at Afterings this weekend... My heart's heavy because I, I, you know, having been through that, I know what um, the owners of Afterings, the employees, we have employees who attend Connect. We have relatives of employees who attend Connect. And as a church, we are praying for that wonderful business here in town that they'll get turned around. But it's amazing when something like that happens, maybe you lost your home in the tornado. You go through this period of time where it's just, just devastating, but then something very unique happens. You start to see the love of people poured out. We had this fire. People came up. So we had insurance. But people would come up and just kind of shake my hand, say, hey, praying for you. And when I pull my hand away, there'd be a gift card, a rolled up $50 bill. I'd be like, no, please, please, I don't need this. Like, no, just take your family out. Buy the kids a toy. Do, do you know, it was amazing during that time in my life. I felt like I grew, grew in my relationship with God because as that love was poured out on our family, it impacted who I was. In fact, it actually changed who we are as a family. I feel like any time now people go through tragedy, it affects the way we uh, try to be with people around us who go through difficult times because we've experienced that love. We've experienced the transforming power of that love. When you understand how much, and that's, that's just people giving you a gift card to a restaurant. When you understand how much the God of heaven loves you, that will transform your life forever. You are so loved by God this morning. And when you step into that full revelation of how loved you are by God, it brings you to this final level of drawing closer to God, this final level of awakening the book talks about, and that's the awakening to life. Now, this is living. I talked about it earlier that, you know, I don't want us to be a people that conform, but have transformed. Every one of us is unique. God has this wonderful plan for our lives. And some of us may think, well, this is it. But we may actually not be aware of the great plan that God has because we've, we've not drawn closer to him. And I thought about it this way. This, this, this illustration might help you kind of understand what it looks like to draw closer to God. So I don't really remember this, but um, when I was a baby, I ate baby food. Okay, I'm, I'm assuming I did. I'm alive today, so I think my mum must have fed me something, okay? Uh, England's pretty much the same as America. We had jars of this stuff. Uh, again, carrot, spinach, babe. But when I look at the shelves, I'm assuming I probably ate something like peas, carrots, spinach, baby food, okay? That sounds disgusting. If you gave that to me today, I'd be like, nope, I'll pass. But apparently, for the first year or so, I'm it out or whatever. I ate that, and I was just fine with it. I'm saying this, I'm sure my mum will tell me that I wasn't and that I spat it out or whatever, but, but that was it. Now, I do remember this. I don't know how old I was, um, but I remember I was kind of young, maybe kindergarten, you know, K through five kind of age, grade school age. My favorite thing to eat was chocolate spread sandwiches. 
Okay, we had this. Uh, it, was, it was brilliant. Chocolate spread and strawberry milk. I like strawberry milk as well. So I can remember as a young kid, chocolate spread and um, strawberry milk were my go-to meals. I mean, forget this peas, carrots, and spinach stuff. I've discovered chocolate spread sandwiches. I'm in heaven. This is awesome. I can actually remember being at a hospital. I don't know how old I was. I was young, had my tonsils out. And when I was finally allowed to eat, I remember like being, I know what I want. I want a chocolate spread sandwich. <laughs> Until one day, I got to go to a friend's birthday party, and they went to McDonald's. Now, this may not be the very first time I went to McDonald's, but I remember it. I remember being there and having a cheeseburger, fries, a milkshake, an apple pie. I'm like, chocolate spread, <laughs> forget you. Cheeseburgers, McDonald's, this is awesome. And I would still be eating McDonald's. Oh, I do still eat McDonald's today, <laughs> probably more than I should. But I would still be eating McDonald's today if it hadn't been for that time that maybe when I was a little bit older, and my parents took me out for a meal and my dad said, you should try that fillet steak, that filet mignon. Now, when I tried that, McDonald's, forget it, this and Giordano's Pizza. Giordano's Pizza and filet mignon. I mean, they are like the top of the food pyramid for me. So why am I saying this? Because every one of us would still be on peas and spinach or chocolate spread if we hadn't discovered steak or lobster or whatever your uh, go-to food of choice is. So what if it, what is it? If maybe right now where you're at in your relationship with God, you're like, no, this is great. I think things are good. But what if you're just at the chocolate spread stage? What if what you're experiencing of God right now is chocolate spread? Now, I remember when I was eating those chocolate spread sandwiches. They were brilliant. I loved them. But that's only because I hadn't really discovered McDonald's at that point. This analogy breaks down quite a lot at this point because uh, really the things of God are a lot better than a cheeseburger and fries. But, uh, but I hope you can see the, you know, the, the, the progress that you can make and that as you say, God, I want to draw closer to you, it actually helps you kind of learn some new things. And my prayer is that this year, that by saying, I don't want to conform anymore because I understand the further I get away from God, the more I'll conform, the closer I get to God the more my life will transform. I want to discover something new in God this year. I want to go to something, uh, I want to learn something new about God this year so that I'm not satisfied anymore with this because now I've experienced this. So this year as we go into 2018, if you've made some resolutions, whether you have or you haven't, I pray that you'll transform, you'll see your life transformed this year. But I challenge you, don't try to work on these resolutions in your own strength. God created you for so much more, so let him awaken in you those changes that can be so transforming. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, we thank you that you want us to, to transform, Lord. That you love us so much the way we are, but you love us too much to let us stay the way we are. That you want us to experience everything that you've got for our lives. Lord, too easily, if we don't make that conscious decision to draw closer to you, we'll find ourselves moving further from you and conforming to behaviors and patterns of this world that maybe don't line up with, with our own values. So help us, Lord, as we get into this series, thinking about this whole idea of what it looks like to transform. Help us 
to make the resolution of 2018 to be, I want to draw closer to God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.